Alleluia, Alleluia. O King of all the nations and keystone of the church, come and save man whom you formed from the dust. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. My dear friends, the good news, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. Amen. My dear friends, we're so close now to the Christmas season. It's getting very, very exciting. I just want you to remember that that old song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, is out of date. The church added to the Christmas season. There's now 14 days of Christmas. So don't miss those two days when you're celebrating. Don't stop at 12. Go to 14. And today's reading, we have the beautiful Magnificat of Mary, as it's known, the Magnificat. We once had a friar named uh, Dave Delich who had a cat. This was back in the 70s, and he named it Magnificat. Which I was reading. <laughs> Anyways, we have the beautiful Magnificat today, and uh, of course, as a religious or as a priest or even as a layperson, you know, you could we say this prayer every day. Every day, it's such a beautiful and great prayer that every day of our life we pray this prayer. And I want to focus in for you here, uh, just on these last couple of lines, for Mary says, "He has come to the help of his servant Israel." For he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. When you look at this first line here, he has come to the help of his servant Israel. And remember in the scriptures, uh, when you get, a, when you get a, a word like Israel, you know it has all four of the ancient meanings are there. So many, many of the scriptures have at least four meanings. Some have two, some have three. None of them have one. So the, the scripture is polyvalent. It has many meanings. And this word Israel, so it has an historical meaning, right? The Jewish people, Israel. 
And that's, remember, Israel's named after Jacob, where Jacob uh, had a fight with his brother Esau, and because Esau stole Jacob's blessing from his father. And so then uh, Jacob had to leave. And then Jacob has he, one of the times when he was running away, he wrestled with God all night long. And that's when God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel means one who wrestles with God. And then later when King David became king of Israel, it was both kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom, the united people of Israel. So that's the historical idea of Israel. But what about mystically? Mystically, it's us. It's the church. We are the new Israel. We are the new people of God. So this is talking about us. Mary says he, um, he has come to the help of his servant Israel. How about that? The people of God are the servants of God. That's us. And then, of course, uh, it, has, it points to the end of time as well, when God's promises will be fulfilled and the new Israel will be fully established when Jesus returns. And it has a moral connotation as well. Those are the four senses of scripture, historical, mystical, moral, and end of time. So it has a moral connotation as well. If there's something there right about making that choice for God, making that choice to be Israel, making that choice to be his follower, there's always going to be a choice. And you're going to be tested many times in your life. And you're going to have to make that choice for God, to make that moral choice to be with God. So that's us. And he remembered his promise of mercy. You know, remember the Latin word for mercy is misericordia, a heart that suffers with us. The heart of Jesus remembers his promise of mercy and he suffers with us and he suffered for us and he suffered so that all of our sufferings, all of our troubles, all of our problems, everything that would ever happen to us in life would be transformed by him on the cross because he entered into that suffering. That's the promise of mercy that God has remembered to us. And then, you know, he made this promise to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. That's pointing back to the covenant that we have made with God in Genesis 22. Right? We, we already had Israel mentioned. That was Genesis 28. Oh, 28's the latter. That was Genesis 32 when he wrestled with God. Now, this is Genesis 22 where Abraham went to offer his son Isaac to God as a sacrifice. And then God stopped him, and God said, because you're so faithful, I will extend my promise I had with the Jewish people to all people. This Genesis 22 is the big one in the scriptures, where God extended his promise to all people, and Mary's bringing us to that, to that moment when God promised to Abraham and his children forever his mercy and his goodness. So, see, I'm sorry I went so long, but these are, these are the, the attributes. We wrestle with God. We receive his mercy. We are in covenant with God. That's what we're doing here. The new covenant is the Eucharist. And when we come forward and receive Jesus, we're renewing our covenant with God today. And that's, what that, that's why that amen is so important. Some people won't say it. I don't know why. But that amen is so important because we are renewing that covenant with God.